Welcome to Alex Anderson's Quilt Connection, dedicated to educate, inspire, and grow today's quilting community. Hi, I'm Alex, and welcome to episode number eight. I am really excited about today's show because I have a guest. Now, before you guess who she or he is, let me give you a little background. In the summer of 2004, I woke up at 4 in the morning, and I had a meeting with three important people, me, myself, and I. And I said to myself, Alex Anderson, you have two beautiful Berninas sitting in the sewing room. It's time you learn to machine quilt. Hmm, first hint. So I decided it was time to get with the program. Well, I had been marginally machine quilting for about 15 years. I thought, yeah, it's time to master this. Now, either you're in the school of hand quilting or machine quilting, and sometimes it's kind of hard to make that mental changeover. And up to that point, I sent my quilts to, hmm, to be machine quilted. I'll bet you know who I'm talking about. I've spoken about her on previous episodes. Yes, my friend and quilting buddy is here today, Paula Reed. Welcome to the show, Paula. Thanks, Alex. This has been quite the um, afternoon getting this whole thing set up, right? It's been fun. Yes, we are not exactly computer literate, and we solved the problem of it not working. We did. But we don't go out and do technical visits, do we? (laughs) (laughs) No. So, Paula... How long have you been machine quilting? Uh, Since spring of 1990. I want everybody to understand what a technical wizard you are at this. I will send you quilt tops that possibly I would let nobody else see, and you whip them into shape, right? Into submission. (laughs) And you don't tell on me, do you, in public? Very hardly ever. Oh, okay. (laughs) Just just to national (laughs) audiences, right? Well, I'd like to ask you some questions about machine quilting, because what type of machine do you work on? I have a Bernina machine, one of the top of the lines. And you don't work on a long arm? No, I don't. Never have. Well, what do you do when you have to do large quilts? Just move them through. You know, you and I have talked about my fluff it and stuff it method, and that's where you fluff it up, you stuff it through. Fluff it up, stuff it through. And I don't roll in advance. When I first started machine quilting, I thought you had to roll it up and put the bicycle clips on, Mm -hmm. and it made a bundle that weighed about 20 pounds that you were feeding down (laughs) from your shoulder into the machine. And that just didn't work for me. Plus, I found if you wanted to change direction, you have to take it away from the machine, unroll it, re roll it, put it back in the machine. And I decided that wasn't going to work. So I started fluffing and stuffing and it's worked really, really well for me. Well, you have a DVD that's named Fluff and Stuff, right? Yes, I do. It's actually excellent. And I'd like to recommend it to everyone. I'll bring it up again at the end of the show. But really, you go through all the details and all the questions of somebody who wants to machine quilt. I was at a sewing show this weekend up in Puyallup and somebody came up and said, can you really do a large quilt on this machine? I was in the Bernina booth, and I said, absolutely. I told them them to get your DVD. What is the biggest quilt you've ever done? 112 by 128 inches. And were you still speaking to the customer? (laughs) (laughs) 
yours. Well, it was kind of funny because I wasn't sure that I could do it, you know, that mm-hmm. size. And so I talked, I called a couple of long arm people and they said it was too long for their bars. Oh. And so I sort of got stuck with it and it was beautiful. It had this beautiful medallion in the center. It was gorgeous, Alex. Well, when you do machine quilt, do you work from the center out or how do you do it? When I hand quilt, I usually work from the center out. Right. You work from the center in all directions toward the edges, mm-hmm. correct? Now, when I work... That's for hand quilting, for excuse hand me, quilting. yes. For my machine quilting, I can work edge to edge, not including the borders. Now, how does that work? Well, as long as it pins up okay, you don't really need to go out in all directions from the center. I think if you do that, you'd have all those starts and stops in the middle, mm-hmm. and I just don't think that would look very good. Well, speaking of pinning, do you always pin-based? Pretty much. Ever spray based? Well, I tried it once and I really didn't like it. If it's a small piece that you're going to finish right then, I think spray basting is fine. But if it's something you're going to put away and work on again, as soon as you fold it, you've broken that bond. Right, right. So small, it's fine. I found those little safety pins that are colored are wonderful. Have I you, love those. They're wonderful. And they're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and they come in pink. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll swap you the pink ones for the red ones. Will that okay. work for you? Works for me. Now, do you ever find that people do basting with thread when they're machine quilting? I've had customers send me thread-basted pieces. We've got a couple of problems with that. One is you're going to catch it on your presser foot. That means it's going to get the thread's going to gather up and you're going to sew puckers in your quilt. The second problem with it is once you've done all the stitching you want to do, how are you going to get that basting thread out? So, right, I like pins. I try to not put them where I'm going to be sewing. Mm -hmm. And the way I do my machine quilting, I do my long lines first. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you were doing a sashed, let's say a plain straight quilt with sashing. Mm -hmm. I would do the long sashings first, then I'd do the horizontal sashing. So I'd work my way until I'm doing smaller and smaller and smaller lines. So obviously when I'm pinning, I'm not going to put them on the long lines where I sew first. I mean, essentially you're machine quilting it, but you're also again basting it, right? Right. Awesome. Now here's another question. Does a needle matter? I I have been working on machine quilting. This this meeting I had for my set with myself um, a year and a half ago. I have learned there's so much about needles that we need to know. So what do you use, or how do you direct beginners to start? You know, I do a whole lecture just on needles and threads. I mean, it's that important. I like to use jeans, denim, needles, and I like a size 80. Now, from what I understand about thread size versus needle size, you don't have to know this, but the thread's supposed to occupy 40% of the diameter of the eye of the needle. Okay. All you need to know. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Paula. I'll remember that. <laughs> no, you won't. All you need to know is the size 50 thread, the stuff you're piecing with, mm-hmm. fits really nicely in a size 80 needle. And then you can work up and down from there. So that takes care of size. So this is beginners, really. And then when you get into the fancy threads, how do you know what to do? I usually still stay with an 80. Really? I almost always use an 80. About the only time I'm going to go down to a smaller needle is if I'm using a really fine thread. Like I did a Trapunto, which is Italian stuffed work, gorgeous tree skirt. And because I was packing so much thread into this thing, I went down to like a size 60 thread, which is Mm -hmm. a pretty fine thread. Mm -hmm. So I dropped to a 75 needle. But normally I use an 80 for machine quilting. Okay. I use the jeans denim whenever I'm quilting on cotton bat, which is almost all of the time. I was going to ask you that about batting. We'll get yeah. to that in a second. Oh, okay. okay. 
Well, is that a, it for needles then that you want to say? Pretty much. Oh, okay. Well, I want to. Uh, can I add one thing? Absolutely. I really like the Microtech Sharp needle for piecing. Because? Because it's easier to get a really, make really perfect, beautiful points with a nice, sharp, fine needle than with a big old clunky needle. People tend to piece with universal needles. They're clunky and they have a rounded tip and you'll never get your best work out of them. You know, it's interesting because just recently I learned that about universals that they were, I think, I mean, I don't want to be held, you know, to the court of law here, but they originally it developed for when we were doing like polyesters and stuff like that and they truly were for a universal use and I agree for piecing I would use a sharp. I tell people that the universal needle reminds me of those old oster machines that used to sit on our counters. It was supposed to be a salad shooter and a blender <laughs> and a mixer and it didn't do any of them well. It was one of those things. Okay. <laughs> no, what about batting? People always ask when I'm lecturing on hand quilting, what I what do I use? And in fact, I am going to do a whole podcast on this. But in a nutshell, what do you use and why? I use cotton batting. Can I talk on Absolutely. Here? Absolutely. I like Mormon Natural. I use it almost all the time. I love the weight of it. And since my quilts often hang in shops and shows and they need to hang nice and straight, I think the weight of the Mormon Natural really helps pull it down straight for you. And let's say your quilt isn't exactly flat. Will it be your friend? Warm and natural is your ally if okay. you don't have a flat quilt. No, I do want to say for hand quilting, it is tougher to work through. So, I would think so. Yeah, I say it's, it's better for dense. machine quilting. Very nice. Now, you have a big giant roll in your garage, don't you? <laughs> Two of them. <laughs> a white one and a cream one. <laughs> now, when I had that meeting with myself at four in the morning, I realized that it was a head issue, meaning it was all in my head, that I needed an attitude adjustment. And so I would say for beginners, you've got to make that attitude adjustment. And if you're quilting and you find that your shoulders are coming out of your ears, you need to take a breath, right? I work in 90-minute intervals at the machine. Mm -hmm. and I know I go to retreats sometimes where people will sew for seven hours straight. They just get up to go to the bathroom and then come right back to the machine. I can't really do that. 90 minutes and it's time to kind of move around, take a break. Exactly. But also, if your shoulders are in your ears, I would say get up and just shake it out because it's not, it will go right on through to your quilt, don't you think? I agree. But also, if your shoulders are up at your ears, it means that you're not sitting properly at your machine. If you have your hands flat on the bed of your machine or mm -hmm. on your quilt, your elbow should be forming a 90 degree angle. Otherwise, if you're sitting too low, which most people are, your hands are going to be up higher and you're going to raise your shoulders to try to make that 90 degree angle. That's got to hurt. Well, you know, I got to take a class from Diane Gaudinsky last mm -hmm. summer and she is awesome and well revered. What I realized in that class was that the physical setup I was in was absolutely wrong. So I came home and bought a wonderful sewing table that my machine could drop down into. So it's really important, the physical setup. And that makes a huge difference. Now that you're on physical setup, my table is pushed into a corner so that my quilt cannot fall off to the left, my quilt can't fall off to the rear. Huge difference. The table is supporting most of the weight of the quilt. That way you don't have to. Otherwise, you're spending all your time dragging this thing back up over the edges. Also, on my table, on the left-hand side, there's a drawer that pulls out that you can kind of put like a cutting board on it, and that supports the quilt. And if somebody doesn't have it, they might want to take their ironing board and make it to the level of the table, correct? Oh, I can't, well, I don't do it that way. I have it all on my lap and pull it up out of my lap as I'm fluffing. Oh, that's your stuffing. That's fluffing. my fluffing. That's why you're so good. Well, you can't stuff if you don't fluff. <laughs> 
Now, what would you say to a beginning quilter? you have any tips? Don't be afraid of it. Just jump in and do it because I think people are afraid of it because they don't know where to start. If you start by doing your long lines first, and I do those normally with a walking foot, either in the ditch or if I'm doing an Irish chain, my long lines may be from corner to corner mm -hmm. of the squares in the Irish chain. I do the long lines first. Once you get done with all your straight stitching, then I decide on my free motion designs and I use stencils. If I draw a stick figure, I have to label the parts. I use stencils. Okay. So once I've done all my straight stitching, I kind of look at the density of the quilt, you know, how much quilting's on it already. Mm -hmm. And then I can decide on how much further quilting I want to add to do the free motion work. And speaking of density, uh, we both agree whether hand quilting or machine quilting, you want equal amount over the whole surface. Has to be. Otherwise it'll never hang flat. Now, one of the things that I had problems with in my machine quilt making journey 150 hours ago <laughs> was when I would stop to change my hand position, sometimes the needle would jump. That's when you wonk. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You, I yeah. wonked out. Wonk. So how do you tell people to solve that? Stop needle down. Adjust your hands. Then when you start again, take a stitch or two in place. That will allow you a, a little fraction of a second to orient yourself before you get going again. Now, Sue Nichols says that it takes probably 100 hours to get really comfortable with the process. Do you agree with that? Mm, no. I think it takes a good 20 to 25 to get comfortable with the process. Well, you're an optimist. <laughs> well, not really. I think if you practice... but. What the key is, is get started and do it every day. It has to be 20 to 25 hours in a clump. Mm -hmm. After somebody takes my class or use the DVD, I tell them, practice an hour a day for three weeks or a half hour a day for six weeks, and you'll get proficient. I agree with that. And then also, we're throwing in the Bernina Stitch Regulator in the mix. Right. That's the BSR. I was just going to bring that up. Boy, does that cut down the practice time. And in a nutshell, what is that? Well, first of all, it's a brand new thing that Bernina's come out with. It is so cool. Yes. Tell everybody about that. What I like about the stitch regulator is it enables you to get even stitches and you can even set the stitch length. For instance, when I use the BSR, I can set it to two stitches, you know, the two millimeter stitches for my regular free motion. When I stipple, I like a shorter stitch. Mm -hmm. So I cut it down to about one and a half, one and a quarter. And it keeps all of your stitches that length. It's fabulous. It is fabulous. I would need to point out though, it does take a little bit of practice, a little bit. I think for somebody who's afraid to start machine quilting, if they are in the position to check out one of these machines with the BSR, I think it would be worth checking out, don't you? I do think it, it would, and plus, instead of 20 to 25 hours, I think all you need to do is learn to smoothly ramp up and ramp down, which means we're talking two or three hours. Yes, it's totally awesome. It is. Well, this has been so much fun. I want to mention your DVD, Stuff and Fluff. Fluff and Stuff. Fluff and Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now, on Simply Quilts, they would stop tape for that. Say it again. Fluff and Stuff, Machine Quilting with Paula Reed. Awesome. And the new one, Borders and Bindings, Finishing Your Quilt with Paula Reed. Now, you have made a very generous offer because we would like to know if, because of this podcast, if people go and buy it off of your website, batsintheattic.com, and I'll have that on my website. Tell them what your offer is. My offer is that if you put in the note portion, don't put it in the shopping cart and go be charged for it. If you put it in the note portion, the name of any pattern off my website, I'll send that to you free. 
That is so nice. Thank you so much for that generous offer. And I want to say that this DVD is really good. When Paula gave me my copy, I honestly could not listen to the whole thing. It was so filled with information. I listened to the whole thing, but it was segment by segment by segment. And you have it broken down so beautifully. The information there is just incredible. You teach this all over the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bernina has you on a roll right now. They're booking me so fast. I'm if I haven't been to your part of the country yet, I probably will be soon. <laughs> Call your Bernina dealer. <laughs> and also, you're on the national circuit on at shows and things sure. like that. Mm-hmm. If you, my friends, have the chance to take a class from Paula Reed, run to it because she just has so much information, and because of her teaching all over, you've probably seen every problem and every situation a person can encounter, and you know the answers. Well, I've quilted 1,400 quilts myself. Ouch! (laughs) Between my own and customers, I have. And I am still a customer of yours. And my dear friend. I know, I know. This has been so much fun. I want to thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Alex. My first guest. How fun. This was so much fun. (laughs) And thank you so much for listening today. Until we meet and we quilters do get around, happy quilting. For more quilting information and inspiration, please visit us at alexandersonquilts.com.